it time? This is the My New Norm podcast, and I'm your host, Barry Scott Young. Blended families, something that countless people encounter in remarriage. In this episode, you'll hear from Joel and Kristen, who battled for a healthy, striving, blended family. If you or someone you know is struggling with this complicated dynamic, you'll want to listen or share what intentional actions and decisions they made that helped them overcome the relational landmines that often damage or even destroy families. Well, welcome, Joel and Kristen. How are you today? Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having us. This is great. No one knows we're in our closets uh, recording. (laughs) Well, I guess they do now. (laughs) They do now. We came out. Yeah, that's that's one of those things. Well, let's get going. I'm excited to talk to you guys today. We do a lot of stories about real people. And today we're doing real stories about real things that family go through. So this is about family changes. Before we get into that, I would love to hear just a little of the background of where you grew up and all that kind of stuff. So let's let's start with Kristen. Well, I grew up in Berks County, Pennsylvania, and I have a beautiful family. I was in the middle of two boys. I have an older brother and a younger brother and my mom and my dad. Um, I grew up in a Christian entrepreneurial household. Mom stayed home with us and my dad had his had his own company. Um, and we had a very beautiful, happy, traditional, I think, American uh, growing up childhood. Yeah. And um, we, we moved a couple times for educational purposes. My parents didn't like the way the education was going. So they moved us over to Lancaster County by the time I was about 12. And then I stayed there until Joel and I got married. And then we moved. As far as growing up, what kind of things do you remember about your childhood? Playing. A lot of playing. <laughs> I remember I remember chores, yeah. watering my mom's extensive flower beds and weeding. That was like the worst if it was Miracle Grow Night and we had oh, to yeah. like mix that stuff and water all of the flower beds. Oh, um, but now I appreciate it as an adult. I love flowers. But um, yeah, just goodness. I mean, we had a really happy family. We had a lot of family celebrations and traditional get togethers on holidays and you know that type of a thing my brothers and i played a lot we played a lot of things like army and nurse (laughs) my mom was a nurse and my my older brother ended up going into the military and now he's a police officer so that kind of made sense that was training (laughs) yeah his training were you kind of uh raised outside all day and you come back for dinner no not necessarily no i think i think there was a good balance but we loved to play outside and my dad had built like this beautiful um outdoor playhouse at one of our homes that had like a big sand pit and uh swings and we had a basketball net and we had a pool so we were just outside oh nice a lot we loved to play in the woods and we were free-range kids i guess Joel, what about you? Um, well, I grew up in Canada, so I'm originally Canadian. 
Um, so a, lo- a little bit colder, <laughs> a little bit more hockey and maple syrup. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my parents were divorced when I was 11. So okay. we kind of came from, a, I guess, a split family. We ended up having, um, they both, you know, both my parents remarried. So, you know, we had step uh, stepmother, stepfather on both sides. Um, also had step siblings. Um, so growing up, you know, uh, and my dad lived in another city. So it was very from the family dynamic side, um, growing up, it was, it was very disjointed. Um, it wasn't kind of your regular mom and dad and go to work and come home every day. It was, um, it was a little bit of a struggle, I guess, when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw them. It's not the same, I guess, as having a parent in the home. So, so you're going back and forth from one parent to another, pretty much? Um, summer times, yeah. Okay. So like in the summers, you know, for a month or two, we would go to the other city and visit dad and uh, stepmom and then biological brother. I had um, two step siblings, so a brother and a sister, and then also a younger brother from my dad's new marriage. So a half brother, I guess. But, okay. you know, um, so we had, you know, kind of a, a decent sized family. Now the you know, you know, the one really good thing, I think, is when um, when that all happened, we ended up in a city where all almost all of our extended family lived. So all the cousins, all the grandparents, all the aunts and uncles. Um, so we did have a lot of, I guess, family support. We got a lot of get togethers, you know, all the holidays and, yeah. and regular, you know, kind of, I guess, big family from that perspective. Um, but there always was that one missing piece, I guess, that was, you know, when we were younger, it was definitely really tough. Yeah. What kind of things were you into growing up? Um, a lot of sports. Hockey? So, hockey? yeah, hockey, um, <laughs> soccer, football, of course, hockey. Of course, hockey. You know, <laughs> yeah. that, that definitely, yeah, that definitely is a big thing in Canada. Yeah. A lot, you know, people make fun of it or they kind of say, oh, yeah, if you're from Canada, you play hockey. I, yeah, everybody plays <laughs> hockey in Canada. You know, even the girls usually when they're younger oh, play hockey my. in Canada. So, um, so it's, it's a cultural thing. It, it really is. Yeah. You know, down, down here in the States, you know, people play football and baseball. Yeah. In Canada, you just, that's naturally what you do. So we, we played that and uh, I still do to this day. You know? really? What did he do last night? Played yeah. hockey. <laughs> oh my. All right. So you're growing up now. How did you two meet? That's the most fun part. <laughs> okay. Well, we met on eHarmony. No, that's awesome. Yeah, we did. So you filled we, out all the information. Yes, which I highly recommend. It was a very great program, but wow. we, it took quite a while. You have to fill out this profile. Yeah. And if you don't know what you want and who you are, it could be quite difficult. But if sure. you know... If you're, if you're like to one side or the other on the questions, it can really kind of help match you with someone anyway. So thank God that was the case. And they're like, oh, great. This is definitely, you're very concise on what you want. So they started sending matches. And I think, I think I was on for close to a year. Um, But there was a time in December of 2011 and I was cleaning my floors and the (laughs) Lord said, he's coming and he's coming quickly and I needed to get a passport. And I'm like, that's exciting and seemingly random. And then in January of 12, Joel and I met. Yeah. And I think in, it was probably October, November, I I really wasn't getting matched with almost anybody. So I was kind of like, this is, 
this isn't really working out. Like this yeah, is kind of yeah. like I'm paying this fee every month and I'm really not getting anything. So literally like October, November going into a month or two before we met, I'm like, ah, should I cancel it? Should I not? But you know what happens? Like your credit card just gets billed and you're like, ah, I'll leave it another month. I'll, yeah. You know, you kind of forget about it. And then, you know, like Kristen said, one day we matched and, uh, and obviously we'll talk about it, but the rest is literally history. Oh so. my. So was that your first, uh, experience with online dating? Both the the eHarmony program was, yeah. yes. Yes. And I had met some really nice people, but I was looking for a champion. Like I was so concise on what the Lord had put in my heart to like, to wait for. And so it was just like a lot of one dates, but they were all really like nice people. They just weren't the one, but then, but then when I met this one. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to go to Canada to he had to go all the way to Canada first to see him. Well, we, we started just kind of dating online. So literally was- online through Skype. Ah. So we would just do like basically Skype dates. Back then, Skype was still a thing, you yeah. know. I kind of feel it's funny. We talk about all these old things. And now I'm like, it would Skype be, is. Now it would be FaceTime. No, how is Skype an old thing? Okay. Ooh, the technology of Skype is an old thing. Anyway. Right. In, this so, way, in this way, we were pioneers of online yeah. dating. Oh, my. So we did Skype dates for about a month. And then I flew to um, I flew to the States to meet Kristen. And it was Sparks flew. Wow. Sparks well, flew. sparks were already flowing. They were already you know. flying. Yeah. So you have to go so through eHarmony, you have to go through this thing called guided communication where they don't really let you right. exchange that much information until you go through their thing. Right. So that's supposed to take a week. We did it in one day. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um and then we began Skyping and we would like fall asleep at night talking so long and we you know, we we would wake up the next morning and the computer would still be on. We'd be like, Oh my gosh, you know, just, we could oh not, my. we had so much to talk about. And then I got a speeding ticket trying to pick him up at the airport. And I told <laughs> the cop all about it. I'm going to pick up my friend. You know, I was so excited. And then I ended up having to like get a ticket and be late, but it was great. <laughs> wow. So we had been dating for a month basically before we met in yeah. person, we'd been, you know, so we really got to know each other, but I remember that, that first meeting, um, it was at the airport and, you know, she had parked just in the pickup area where you can kind of, you know, you pick up and go. Yeah. Well, she parked and we, we embraced and kissed and we're not leaving. And this, this security <laughs> guard comes over and he's like, uh, excuse me, uh, I don't interrupt, but you know, you guys have kind of been here for like half an hour. Like, do you mind? You're, this is supposed to be like a five minute pick up and go kind of thing. Right. We're like, oh, sorry. You know? <laughs> oh, so you literally yeah. picked her up right there. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I oh. mean, it was like, it was either going to be what it actually was, which is incredible, or it was going to be terrible. I mean, it was going to be yeah. one of the two. Two things. Oh, I thought it was going to be great. Well, I did too. But, you know, you have that, like, you know, you're dating online. But I think a month of Skyping, you can't really hide. I mean, you're in right. virtually in people's homes, just like you're in our closet. Um, <laughs> you can't hide that. Once no. <laughs> the video turns on. So it was, it was just, it was beautiful. And then looking back, like it all happened so quickly. Wow. And knowing our history before that taking our time and it you know so it was just it was just really good i mean it was just right it was beautiful so what 
what did the conversation sound like about, well, you move here? No, you move here. What what was that about? We didn't have a conversation. He just said, I'm moving to the States. Oh, yeah. my. It was pretty, well, see, we, yeah, we're pretty blessed. I mean, I've worked at home since 2004. Yeah. Doing like online marketing and yeah. running businesses. So when we started to, you know, when we, when I, after I proposed and we're like, okay, where are we going to live? I just said, I mean, I'll move. I'm okay with moving because, you know, I can work yeah. from anywhere. Yeah. So it, it, you know, I think for most people, it'll be like, are you quitting your job or am I quitting my job? You know, who's moving? But yeah, for us, it was just. For you, I will quit my job. No problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah. For, uh, for, you know, for us, everything literally was perfect. Like yeah. it, it really came together. Well, um, you were free to come. Personally. And, he, and he had custody of his children. And I still, former spouse, had um, just visitations. So it was like, and I had family close. And in Canada, family, his family's all in the same country, but they're very far apart. You know, like. Yeah. 12 hours this way, eight hours this way, you know, where mine, except for my siblings that were out of state at the time, like my parents, grandparents, you know, my grandfather at the time, aunts and uncles, you know, I had support system, friends Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. where you were more spread out over the country. Mm-hmm. And you were so free to just, like you said, pick and up. I checked to make sure they had hockey here first. There did. Yeah. There's- Our first date, we went to the Flyers. I picked him up at the airport. He's like, tomorrow night, oh, I've no. got box seats for the Flyers. Oh, no. You're speaking his language. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, okay. So now you guys are together. What yes. was it like trying to introduce your kids in the process? Well, it was easier for me. So I had a one-year-old. So, so Seth was about a year old. And then our daughter was, how old was Tessa? Maybe six, five or six. Five. Okay. And she was five. So she was very receptive. And then my son didn't really, Seth didn't really know what was going on. He was too little. Yeah. <laughs> but Joel was the only, then he was going to be the, the only man that would have been. I was single when I had him. Okay. <clears throat> so I was already going through a divorce process when I found out I was pregnant. So... Joel was Joel is the only dad at home that he's he's ever had. So, so I feel like my kids received you. Are I feel like it's so weird to say my they're our kids. It's we're so blended that it's yeah. like I feel like that's a violation. Children, should you listen to this? We love you all. You're all our kids. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when we got together, we never we never refer to any of the kids as step kids or step parents or it's always just been, you're the kids, you're the parents. Like there's, there's been never any separation. So actually when I, when I grew up, there was, everybody always said stepmom and stepkids Mm. and stepbrother. And so like, it was part of the vocabulary. And when we got together, um, it was pretty natural, but I think we also went out of our way not to exclude anyone, not to say, oh, well, you're a stepchild and you're a stepmom and you're, a, you know, put, putting those because those are almost labels that separate families. Yeah. You know, those are labels that put people into boxes that um, mm-hmm. instead of that unity. And I think that that was something I think we naturally did, but also we, we made a concerted effort to, I don't even know if we ever talked we about it, but no, we, we just, didn't. we, we just the kids. both naturally did that. And I think it was really inclusive for them all. So well, we told them, we said, you may call us. Joel's twins had just turned 12. Ah. Um, so just like a few months before. So 
able to understand more of what was going on. So we really had them part of the decision process. I remember we present you presented moving to them one time when I was visiting in Canada and they were really excited at that time. But we were very clear the steps of what was happening and that here's a new blended family. But we also yeah. let them know you have no obligation to to call me mom, you know, to the twins, but you certainly may. You're my children. So, you know what I mean? So we made it clear mm-hmm. that there was that bridge that like the moment that dad and I get married, that's it. Like I marry you guys too, you know, and same for him to my children. And we did that at our ceremony. We actually said vows to the kids. But um, so there wasn't like an obligation, like weird, you know, like you have to call me or you have to call Joel dad. It just was organic. And at some point, very quickly on, they all just started, you know, they felt it, yeah. you know. So it was like, mom, dad, you know. Yeah, it wasn't a forced, you know, it wasn't a forced, you know, this is my name. You must call, you know, it was mm. natural. It, it, it was, was call, it was very just um, call organic. Call us in your heart. Yeah. And I remember when, when we got together, I mean, my older boys, the twins, they, when, when we kind of got together, they hadn't really had a mom in the house for years. Um, I was divorced at when the kids were like two years old. And they, you know, grew up with me. Um, They lived with me full time. And then they did some visits with their mom. And, you know, as they got older, less and less. But um, when we got married, they really connected um, with that because they needed that. You know, kids need a mom and a dad. So they really connected well with Kristen. And it was it was pretty natural. It didn't take long for them to just, you know, fall into that. Mm-hmm. that family atmosphere and and really love having mom and dad at home so yeah as far as the former uh husband and you the wife is there any conflict with them wanting to see the kids at this point or do you work that out i mean at the time we got married there was a lot of conflict <laughs> yeah yeah yes there was a lot there was my children um there has been a lot that's gone on in our situation we had to teach the children how to walk in forgiveness when Mm. people make decisions that are very different from what you may expect or want uh, which took time and took years actually and so over the last four years there hasn't been any um physical contact at all Mm -hmm. an occasional text and in some ways that could say seem sad which that could seem that way some people are like what Mm -hmm. and it's like but at another time sometimes people are going through things and so the wholeness of our children was our focus and allowing them to be kids and to be healthy kids and to really listen at every step of what they were going through and what they were experiencing and helping them be able to articulate that or find a place of peace. I'm a very like, get it done. Mm. You know, I'm, I can, I can understand people a lot just by sitting in a room with them, you know? So it's like, I could, and then put motherhood on top of that. So I could really, I could feel so much of this churning of a dynamic. And there were so many times I had to just sit back and let things play out. And so that took that process took years of of jealousy and sure you know behaviors with former spouse and all kinds of things, but it came to eventually to a point of peace. And so now um, there is such tremendous peace, and it looks a little different. Yeah, but it's good. Really, you established your relationship with one another, then you established a relationship for a family. 
and then you had to adjust with the individual needs of each kid just to be there for him and to walk through whatever with them. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think that I think the most important thing through all of that for us was that we were so committed to each other first. We're a team. We're committed. We love each other. We're married. This is it. You know what I mean? Um, there is no, there is no Trial going period. back. There's no, yeah, there's no, there's <laughs> yeah. not even a, there's Let's not even see a thought, this works. you know? So, yeah. um, so because of that, I think it, it gave us the strength really to walk through everything and all the changes and all the dynamics with um, exes and with children and everything, because there was never a doubt in our minds. The love between us was was so strong. Do you know what I mean? So I think that brought us through really, I don't want to say easily, but um, it was very difficult. It was mm -hmm. extremely difficult, actually, but doing it together, our bond, like yeah. just knowing that the yeah. other person is there for you, no matter what, you yeah. know, no matter what you're going through in that day or in that time. Um, and then it makes it s that much uh, simpler, I think, to deal with any other dynamic that kind of comes across um, when you feel secure and safe with your with your spouse first. But there is that, you know, as a woman and what I was to put it lightly, there was betrayal and so on sure. and so forth. So marrying Joel, fast forward, you know, and and allowing the Lord to heal my heart so far and then coming to a place where I was ready to remarry, marrying Joel. And then experiencing this love that was like mm. way better than I could have ever imagined a healthy marriage to be. And I did come to him when things started heating up, which was just out of jealousy and all that kind of stuff. And I looked at him one day and I'm like, you know, I'm all in, but this is so terrible. Do you want to leave me? And he's like, don't ever say, you know, he really sat me down, which I needed at first because things were like getting dramatic and I, I don't do drama. I don't like it. It's just, yeah. it's just so divisive, you know? And, um, but just getting to this point, like what man loves me so much that he is putting up with all of this, you know, mm. it was really intense for a, years, you know? Sure. And he was just like, no, we are all in that same way that you feel about me. I feel about you. Like we're doing it together. We're getting through it together. God is with us. Like, you know, and it did. So it definitely, I don't want to deceive the listeners. It was extremely challenging, mm -hmm. but it was totally possible. And we did it together with God's help. So what you're saying, because you were in a process of healing that was the base for your family to heal because you guys were getting healed. So yes. there's so many things that you guys went through. How old are the kids now? Well, the twins live by themselves. They moved out. <laughs> They're 22. <laughs> oh. They're men. Uh, the twins are now men. Yeah. And um, our daughter is 15. Mm. And then Seth, that little baby that I was just yeah. found out I was pregnant when I ended up realizing a divorce was coming. Um, he's now 11. And then we have a blended baby. We have Cash, who is six. So total. Total is seven. Seven. Total is seven. There's two children. Well, maybe you want to share it, but there's two other children that we do not. Yeah. So, get to so see. I've got um, two other children in between there. Their relationship didn't work out really ever, but you know, sometimes you go through a season and sure. 
you're you're confused, you're unhappy, you're whatever, and things happen. So, um, but I, you know, again, I tried to make it work. We lived together for a few years. You know, the mom ended up leaving and taking the kids, and mm. we haven't really seen them a lot. We saw them a couple times when we first were together. They came down. They were going to come down for the wedding, and then. Um, the drama from that side just went off the rails and there was like, the kids are going to go to your wedding. I'm going to call border security uh. and tell them you kidnapped them and all kinds of great. So I was just like, you know what? Like, we're not going to play these games. When we first got married, there was again, just huge amounts of jealousy and huge amounts of resentment and everything on the other side. And we haven't really, I don't think we've even talked to them in probably seven years seven, eight years, yeah. something like that, which is r- super sad. I'm, you know, we pray every day that um, the restoration will come and that forgiveness will come and all of that. And I'm sure it will someday. But until that happens, I think I've always had the decision, like, do I go fight? Do I go create this huge battle? And we've been through so many battles and fights over kids and this and that. And the trauma just is overwhelming for mm. all parties, not not just for the kids, but for both sides of the of the adults fighting. There's yeah. so much trauma and so much, you know, just fighting and, and anger and, and frustration and all kinds of feelings. And I thought, you know, I would, I, I don't know if it's the right decision. You know, mm. I don't know if it's right, you know, for them. It was so intense that I felt that it was better not to, not to just create this war, um, let the kids grow up. Um, if it, if it's to be, um, kind of an open door, like I'm here and there may be a time later. Yeah. 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 It's always been like that. So I think at some point you mitigated by sending technology and iPad. I mean, he said he made every possible way to stay in connection and they were all confiscated and, uh, you know, and that's tough when you're dealing with adults that are hurting. But again, it's like, if you keep whacking the hornet's nest, the hornet's stinging the kids, you know? So it was just, it, which is a tough decision. It's a really tough decision. You know, the research, you guys know it, I'm sure, but really more like half of children are experiencing a blendedness with a new mom, a new dad. The trauma that it produces is crazy. Uh, And most marriages with blended, 60-70% are super challenged enough to to not do it anymore and, and break up. You guys have found a real health with you personally and within your family that is not always what you hear. And I I just really commend you guys for even at the very beginning to say, hey, we're in this together. Uh, I've got your back and we're going to love on these kids, you know, and they're ours. I just really appreciate what I'm hearing, you know. But what would you say to the norm, the families that are dealing with ongoing frustration and challenges and walking around on, on eggshells with their kids because they don't want to stir it up because there's so much between them? You know, what, what would you say to those parents that are really discouraged right now? facing things that you guys face i think for everybody and this this doesn't only go for you know blended families but any parents but but specifically blended families i think you have to remember that everything all the frustration all of the anger all Mm -hmm. of the kids acting out all you know everything 
only lasts for a season. If you can, I know it's hard. And I know when we were going through even some of the things with the ex-spouses, um, it was really hard for us to almost step away and say, this is, this is this is ridiculous. Like yeah. what is happening? Like we're getting, you get, you get sucked into this like vortex, this other like reality. You feel like you're living in a movie sometimes. Mm. And I think that if you, if you can, if you can take a breath, I know it's hard for people to, to just stop and take a breath and think about it and, and just realize that, that it's just a passing season of your life. This isn't forever. And it feels like forever when you're going through it, when you wake up and the next day is the same as the last day, it feels like, is this ever going to end? Is it ever going to get better? Is it ever going to improve? Are these little kids ever going to love me and stop mm. calling me names or stop hating me? Or, or is the ex-spouse going to stop attack? Like you feel like, wow, you're just in this alternate world and you, you, you pray that it's going to get better. And I think that that's the key is that you sit back and realize that it's a season and you keep praying and you just keep loving the love will overcome any hurt feelings the love will overcome any um, resentment the love will overcome any um, trauma um, if you just love on those kids no matter what they say no matter how they act i mean obviously discipline is important but you know if if you truly actually love them and know that this is a season that they're they're going through and help walk them through it mm. You know, it's not, it's not just your season. It's not just your problem. It's not just your feelings. It's the feelings of these little kids, you know, and, and, and they're dealing with probably a lot more than we are as adults. So yeah. I think if you just remember that it is a season, it is okay. You're going to get through it. Life, there is life on the other side and yeah. it's beautiful. And it's beautiful. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of hope. So now I'm looking at something from a higher perspective because it is like Joel's saying, it's very easy to get into the daily drama which i really you know there's some people that th thrive on that i'm not one of those people <laughs> i really love peace and i love love and joy yeah and so for me it was like having to listen we had to listen and as joel's saying like love is so healing i mean it does conquer all when you're in that love that's just accepting even when there's hurt and there's pain um, not taking it personally. Like I remember when my ex-spouse left and I, it was like a whirlwind. I found out all this information. He's out of the house. Tessa was two. I was pregnant and she would just, she was just punching me mm. and I had to just literally hold her mm. and restrain her. And so, cause she was two. She doesn't know how to express what she was feeling. Right. But I knew what she was, I was walking through it with her. So I think kids know a lot more than we give them credit for. Um, and walking through it together and finding language that is relatable, that's providing hope, providing boundaries, because kids need the boundaries to feel loved, providing forgiveness and an open space to talk in an honoring way. Um, it's a terrible idea to disparage any biological parents, regardless of how ridiculous things seem or how horrible things seem or no matter what kind of terrible thing maybe happened or that guarding what they're hearing. Big and point. it's really hard, mm -hmm. especially when you know you're right. <laughs> yeah, It's really hard. Yeah, But there has to be a way that we, like Joel saying, we step back. We have to find a place where we can enter into love. And for me, that is only through Jesus Christ. I had to enter in and just literally lay my cares at his feet, drop them, give it over. And as I could do that still now in my life, 
I have to give things over because then your perspective, your perspective changes and then you can latch on to hope. And then you can see into the future that like Joel's saying, this is a season in time. There's a testing, right? And most of it's brought on by our own choices. If we can be honest, but we will get through it. And he will always see you through. He will get, he will take care of whatever we give him. So that's where I like was so thankful for my childhood, which is very Christian faith based. But the reality, not just words, not just religion, you know. And I think in through all of this, Jesus became so real to me. He championed me, and he led me to Joel. You know, it was like when I allowed that love of the Lord to heal me, then that overflows to your whole household. It's amazing because I'm sitting here like, ah, just talking about this, the goodness of the Lord, because we couldn't even talk about it for years. I would just cry. But the beauty is, even when on those days where it's like, oh my gosh, the court system is ridiculous. There were days like, how do you get through? Like, they want to say right is wrong, wrong is right, up is down, you know, and it's going to be okay. And, and I think from a practical standpoint, just from a practical baseline standpoint, for <clears throat> if people are going through um, conflict with either um, children or if they're going through conflict with ex spouses or parents, you know, or whatever, I think that. Um, from my perspective, it took a lot of humility and a lot of time for me to realize that even if I'm right, sometimes peace is better, you know, like mm. for the children and for us and for the other party, because there's a difference between safety and being right. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. if, if it's if it's safety or if it's it's major traumas happening or whatever, you have to take care of it. But if it's just this is my opinion and I know I'm right and you're wrong. Like, I think there there has to be a lot more give and take in not only the family dynamics with the children and with the um, exes and with the, the new, you know, extended family and everybody that sometimes everybody just getting along and, and, and having that sense of peace and belonging and being part of the family. Like for the kids, I think it's more important for them to feel belonging than for you to necessarily give them every single rule that you grew up with. You know, mm. when we first got married, I remember there were certain things that I always did because my parents always did, because my dad always did. There were certain rules that we had. It was difficult for me, especially as the father, to come into this relationship and then this new family dynamic. And I'm I'm trying to enforce rules that maybe we had, you know, 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And Kristen's like, well, no, we do th like, I want to love the kids. I want to this, I, you know, um, so there's just that little bit of give and take. And it's like, okay, maybe I've got to be a little more malleable. And I'm not saying, <clears throat> I'm not saying completely change who you are, but I'm saying like the kids are more important than some silly rule or some silly way of living or whatever, like the kids feelings. And I think Kristen really brought that to me is that the way the children feel is as valid as every adult. Mm -hmm. yeah, as, yeah. It, 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 and um, I think that for me was a real awakening to realize that, yeah, these are little humans, you know, these are little kids that, that are growing up and that have feelings and that, and that want to be accepted and they, they want to be part of the family so bad. They want to, they want you to be proud of them. And I think sometimes we get so, caught up in whatever's happening in our lives or our work, social media, or the, the you know, like we're so bombarded that the, those little kids just want our time. 
you know, and they want to feel accepted into the family. And they're trying so hard, but they're only like three, (laughs) you know, so so they're like, I'm trying to learn, you know, and I think if we just accept them, that's so, you know, that's like half the, half the battle. And play with them. Mm. Be there for them. Yeah. Playing is one of the most healing universal things you can do with the child because you just let them lead. They almost do it like therapy. You know, they'll, you'll see how they're feeling. They'll start, you'll see by the colors they're using. You'll see by the shapes they're drawing. You'll see by the way they're playing and the little dialogue they have with their toys, but just being present, you know, and yes, have boundaries. And yes, uh, we discipline and, you know, yes, we have structure. But at the end of the day, if a child's really in distress, there's that grace Yeah, that like, you know, you can see that something else is going on. They, you can, you can understand more behind the scenes and then address that how it needs to be, even if it looks a little bit different. It sounds like where playing is therapeutic for a child, then it's probably true that having time and listening is therapeutic for older child, you know, yes. to be there and to say, hey, I want to hear from you. I don't want to. Uh, take away from anything else right now where are you and listen to them without the correction just listen to them is giving them worth you know my experience is i worked with youth for 30 40 years and it came down to loving them when they're up encouraging them when they were down it came down to those two things would you agree with that yes just being there yes I agree. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think um, like Kristen said earlier, I think we underestimate kids. I yeah. think we we th- we look at them. Sometimes we say, "Oh, they're just three, or they're just five, or they're just no, they're three. They've have three years of experience, and they're learning, and they they want to do good, and they want to learn, and they want to be accepted and loved and part of the family, and they want to grow, and they're so eager." And I think sometimes if we don't pay attention to that, that's where you start to create conflicts within, right? If you're not paying attention to the child's needs and their, their growth, I mean, our 11 year old loves drumming, you know, just, he loves music and he, he just, he keeps a beat, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm like, ah, he's going to go bang on those drums again. But I'm like, no, that's his gift. Like I have to remember that like, oh, can I go drum? It's like, Yes. Like, Mm. is it really that big a deal, you know, in my life? Because he's only going to do it for five minutes and then he, you know, and then he moves on and he's not going to be banging away for the next seven hours, you know. So Uh, I have an older son who's still (laughs) playing drums. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i know i'm listening to him talk and i'm being like no i think this is a thing but, I think <laughs> but, but what i'm saying is like but what i'm saying is it's it's important to to encourage the gifts and not squelch so if if the children have a real interest in something i think that even if it even if it's like even if we have know? to talk in a closet <laughs> have a conference call in a closet because there could be yeah. a drum solo happening. <laughs> yeah, it's okay because at the end of the day, like, like he's important too. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah. I think that's just, and they feel that. I mean, the kids know yep. the kids can sense whether or not you're being truthful, whether or not you're loving them or whether or not they're just, you know, they're being shoved aside, you know? So I think that that, I think our relationship with our children was built on, on that playing and loving and spending time and actually caring what they 
are interested in. And look forward to making new memories. You know, what are they interested in? You know, just even little things that seem very little to us. Having that time and creating a memory is great. And, you know, this process that we're telling you took years. It really did. It took years. Uh, And so just be patient. I would say to the listeners, be patient and kind. Forgive your own selves, too, for anywhere. I had to forgive myself for where I felt like I came up short in a lot of different ways. And I still do. And I think that's a very healthy thing to understand that, like, we have to be able to recognize that we're not perfect, too. And I feel like that humility bonds with the kids. I mean, if I... If I lash out at my kids, um, which I like to think that I don't do that often, but I have to go back and repent to them and be like, that was, I'm sorry, I was feeling so much pressure or I was having a headache or I was having a tough day. Like that was no way, you know, to talk to you. Would you please forgive me? And kids are like, that's all it takes, that quickness of just being the adult and coming forward and saying, I am so sorry. I shouldn't have handled it like that. Kids respect that so much. That speaks volumes. And it, it's like encouraging and edifying to their hearts because you're, you're equating their feelings as, a, as important as your own. And I think mm. we have to be able to keep our words on the side of hope and truth, no matter how we feel, right. because that really is a lasting impact. I mean, our words exist once, we, once they come out, you don't, you can't take them back. <laughs> right. And I think that, that's been actually, that's been a huge that's had a huge impact, I think, on us and our family over the last, since we've been married. There's something we do with each other. Um, Kristen started it back when we first got married, and we just naturally do it now all the time. We'll say, you know, um, oh, are, are you going to speak that over yourself? Or are you going to speak that over me? Or are you going to speak that over Seth? Or are you going to speak that over Tessa? You know, or are you going to speak that over Cash? And it's just a simple, it's a non judgmental reminder to each other because we kind of do it. Like she started doing a bit and then I started doing a bit and it's almost this game, but it's, it really has transformed our words that we speak over ourselves and our family and our children and everything. It's literally transformed our lives that it's just a simple way we remind each other how powerful our words are without creating this huge discussion about it. But if we say, it's like, do you really, do you really say that? Do you really want to say that? And it's like, oh no. No, like, cause then, then you catch yourself and you trained ourselves to really be more, not, not like squelch ourselves, but no. be mindful of what we're speaking and be mindful that it has power. And I think that's been so impactful too, not only on our marriage, but also our children and our families and, and even beyond to friends and, you know, business contacts and everybody, like just the way we speak is a lot more powerful, I think, because we are. Um, more mindful of what we're saying and intentional. You've become intentional. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Though we haven't said this, another blended family issue is when you adopt and you be- bring a child in that maybe has a different culture, either with the family or a country, and there's challenges there. What What would you say to that parent and parents? That is an incredible blessing. I mean, first of all, well done on adoption. Well done. Well done. I think that the heart of adoption is beautiful. I mean, that is the heart of our God, you know, to have to love someone and and call them up. So I feel like a lot of grace in a situation like that and finding the bridge 
where you can unite? How can you be honoring of a culture and still bring it in? So maybe there's, it depends on the age of this child too, but if they have different things in their culture that was a big deal to them, maybe it's food, maybe it's a certain gift, maybe it's a memory, maybe it's somewhere they went or, you know, how can you bring that in to the new family setting in a way that that works, you know? And so depending what country they came from or what they, you know, depending on what it is, you might have to give and take, but there's ways I think to bridge forward and make new memories where you're honoring who they are and where they came from because you love them. It's beautiful, you know? And then That's how do you bring that point. forward into the new family? And what does that look like? And if they're older, um, they'll have a lot to, they'll have a lot of input. I find that if you ask kids, they really have a lot more input than we think. Mm. <laughs> so I think just opening up that space, you know, which yes, we need the boundaries. Yes, we need the discipline, but having that space of like love where you're like, I see you, I accept you. I love you. What does this look like? How do we, how do we do that? And maybe you come with some, come up with some new, some new things that are honoring the old, bringing in the new and just staying in tune that way. Nobody's perfect. Like, Man, we're glazing the amount of stuff we've been through. <laughs> so if it seems like we have a lot to say, it's because we learned a lot of times r- through very, very tough things. Very, I mean, we, this is just like a beautiful sampling of the trauma that mm-hmm. we've been through, <laughs> to be honest. But really, like, all is well at the end of the day. You're going to get through it. So focus on the love. Focus on the unity. What's going to unite? What's going to bind you together? And I think, too, um, realizing that it's not just... So when we blended our families, it's similar to adoption. Of course, I can't I can't directly relate, but I can, you know, I can, I can understand that loving a child is loving a child. It, it doesn't matter if they're your biological child or not. But I think to realizing that it's not just the child's dynamics or culture or whatever that's changing. I think we as adults have to adapt too, and we have to together create our family. So we're not bringing them into our family. We're uniting families to build our family together, you know, so it's not, you're not coming into my family and then you have to follow everything I have ever done. No, we're, we're blending our families together and we're going to create our own fam, our own togetherness, our own unity, our own family. Like we're creating a new thing by blending. We're not, yes. you're not just coming and being part of what we're doing. You know what I mean? I think if you have more of that attitude as an adult, that we're going to build this together, we're all now a new like we're all building the family i think it i think it changes the perspective a little bit too i'm thinking about you two and what you shared and you guys have become a force you have worked things out together joel what would you say you've learned the most from Kristen? how to love Mm. simply like deeply and not I love you, but how to how to display, how to show love. She has shown me that, displayed that, encouraged it in me. Our family, my my relatives, my family, my background, you know they love you, but there was never any any real outward display of affection. It was very, it was quite cold. Culturally though, it was just you know, and I think that um, growing up I missed that. I feel like I missed a little bit of that. I don't, I don't regret stuff, but I feel like that Kristen and just feeling that love and, and I think she's really brought it out of me to display the affection, to say it, 
to sit, tell the children to hug them, to love on them, to like just, you know, make sure that they know that because it's easy for us. We're married. I tell her I love her. We, But for the whole family to be able to feel that, I think, is important, you know, that they all know that they're accepted and loved, I think, is the biggest thing. Great. You know, that that I think I've learned from her. And what about you, Kristen? What have you learned the most from Jill? So much. I mean, he's a king. So much. I mean, the steadfastness of this man, the Mm -hmm. ability to regroup no matter what he is. Um, I know he touched in the beginning that we we're self-employed. So we have that entrepreneurial spirit, but in him, that ability to like regroup, no matter what, reassess, redirect, keep going, no matter what, you know, and he's like unflappable, <laughs> you know, it, it'll be like, oh my gosh, somebody, you know, can you believe it? That like, I really walked through a lot of things that ended up, like I said, betrayal. So I, it was like so many lies and I'm like, never again, everybody better tell the truth. And I'm like a truth sniffer. I can find the truth no matter what. Anyway. So, um, I say all that to say that like, we are just united in this and it's like, he is so adamant about that too. So like, I can trust him fully. It's like, he is just like a beacon. You know, it's like, he is like so solid and I can just turn into him and no matter what, I'll be like, it does, it literally doesn't matter. You just keep going. You know, he's so encouraging. We've been married 10 years now and it's, it's getting just better. It's loving deeper. It's knowing deeper. It's letting the Lord heal us more. It's watching our kids rebound, watching our hearts heal, watching their hearts heal, you know, walking through things and seeing the beauty of it in every season, mm-hmm. as long as you're allowing yourself to grow. You guys are incredible. Two things. One is it's really not how you start the race, although you had a pretty good start. It's really how you finish and the 10 years that you have and the many years ahead, you're finishing strong and you are healing the next generation. You could have brought in all your baggage and not deal with it. And that would be carried over in these lives of these kids. And you chose getting better health healing. I commend you on that. The other is your last name means fortress. It's an old English name. If I'm, if I'm looking into that correctly and you have uh, built a fortress for these kids and to experience. And they will, from that strength, develop that. It may look different, but it will become the building materials for their family, what you guys have shown. So I just really thank you guys for sharing openly and honestly I believe when a listener hears this, there's so many takeaways. If they have a blended family or not, there's so many principles that you guys have shared just about life, marriage, loving kids, that people will have to listen to this a few times to get more and more uh, of the goods from this conversation. So thank you for sharing Is there anything else that you'd like to share before we turn the mics off? I think just for, for me, I think just be encouraged, you know, every, everything happens in a season. There's short seasons and there's long seasons, but there's always hope. 
and there's there's always goodness and there's always you know there's always good things ahead there's so much to live for there's so much joy in this world and in your family and in relationships that you you deserve it and you you didn't have to earn it you're given it you know you're given this opportunity so don't let it pass you by and don't get caught up in all the little the little things that are going on you know just remember to love love your spouse love your family love your kids spend time with them and um that that will heal that will mm-hmm. allow you to you know um get over whatever trauma or whatever difficulties you're going through i, I think just be encouraged you know life is yeah. life is really good he is my source of he is the god of all hope but just knowing that you're forgiven for wh- whatever you bring forward and turn over so f- let yourself be forgiven let yourself be loved because love does conquer love eradicates fear you know love from the lord and i feel like someday we're all going to be asked hey did you love well did you love did you figure out how to love you know god is love you know so i feel like sometimes we can get caught up with like self-inflicted wounds right like i made the wrong choice i made the wrong this just use this literally in this moment i pray the peace of god over the listeners and the reality of who he is that you can turn it over and forgive yourself, repent and let it go. Even if, even if you're like, hey, the, the drama and the stress or whatever the situation was totally made by me, forgive yourself, turn it over and start literally right now. Every breath is a gift from the Lord and you can turn it over and he makes all things new. And he will literally take your hand and walk you into your future. He paid the price that it's already rigged in your favor. You cannot fail with him. He's done it for me and he'll do it for you. Literally, that is the truth that will set you free. Forgive yourself. Forgive those around you. Just keep going. The future is bright and all is well. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You know, so much was shared here. I know you'll want to rehear it and then share it with those that you know. Remember, it's about the small steps. What step or steps can you take in the next 30 days? This is the My New Norm podcast, a podcast about helping you foster change. Until the next episode, I am still your host, Barry Scott Young. Yeah.